When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Everything Is Black and White podcast. It's time for Kieran Kelly's review of the 2019-20 campaign. Over the next 40 minutes or so, we've got 10 talking points to discuss, which includes the job that Steve Bruce has done, the best signing that Newcastle made, the most underwhelming performance of the season, and much, much more. So pop the kettle on, sit back and enjoy the Everything Is Black and White podcast. Here in the end of the 2019-20 season, unfortunately, it wasn't it didn't end in the best of fashions. I think a lot of people were hopeful of a top ten finish, um, and the debate has gone back to whether Steve Bruce has done a good, bad, or somewhere in between job, and that's where we'll yeah. start. Your view on the job Steve Bruce has done so far? Um, yeah, I, I, I think it's as you said it's, it's always in between so we, we've seen a lot of national pundits go over the top um, with the praise and I think even that yeah, I think he, it's not that he doesn't want recognition but I think even that probably isn't something that sits comfortably with him either as much as you know um, there have been people particularly on social media who've never really taken to him um, it's just uh, gone the complete other extreme with some pundits. They almost seem overly keen to, to play it up and they're probably only watching maybe a handful of Newcastle games a season. And to be fair, if you only watched Newcastle against Spurs or Man United or Chelsea, there was obviously some some big, big wins there and big performances. Um, but for me, yeah, I mean, I I was just looking back at our predictions a year ago and um, <laughs> I was a bit overly negative. I said they'd finish 15th and I know it's only two places in it, but it was just hard to see how um, they would have that great season. You know, the he's parachuted in three and a half weeks before the season starts. Even the, the language coming out of the players, you know, about sticking together, this is going to be a, a tough season, that kind of a thing. And you just said... It's going to be one of those campaigns where um, you just be glad if they can somehow keep out of that relegation dogfight. And to be fair, you know, Bar, I think was it maybe the start of October or the last week of September, they weren't anywhere near the relegation zone in terms of place in any way. And I don't think that should be celebrated. And I don't think actually Bruce would, would celebrate that either. But... Uh, yeah, I had some, some, being honest, I had some bad fears um, going back a year ago and to stay up, you know, it's the minimum they needed. Um, I think the, the big thing now is, even for him, he'd admit, is just how to take the club uh, up another notch, how to go for that top 10. And, you know, it, it would have been really interesting. I think, you know, obviously the pandemic is going to have affected things. The takeover uh, is going to have affected things. But going back to maybe February, March, when they're starting to plan for the summer. And he would have been so excited about that chance to put his stamp on the team. I know it's kind of a joint effort that uh, the scouting team have a big say in and what have you, but he would have 
it would have been his first real window to kind of because not much happens in January traditionally in summer to really put a stamp on things. So how that's going to affect this summer now will be interesting. But I think for me, it's it's just as I said, somewhere in between. I don't think he's he's been the worst manager Newcastle have ever had. But also, I, I don't subscribe to the idea that you know he he's he's been been this glorious um, manager, manager. Yeah, manager yeah exactly it's it's just somewhere in between and it's a boring answer but I don't think he he should always be getting the flack he's getting I think there have been times where yeah he's, he's deserved some of the flack but equally I think some of the things he's done should be uh, held up as well I mean um, to get Alan some maximum defending and tracking back to get John Joe Shelby having the season he's had um, I think his man management in general, um, I've said this before, there are managers of his generation, some real high profile ones who've struggled uh, with this new generation of players and Bruce hasn't. And I think the players have responded to him. They really like him. Some like Isaac Hayden, as I've said before, really unsettled last summer. And when Bruce came in, that was a big factor in him staying at the club. So, um, yeah, uh, yeah. I'd, I'd them down to finish 15th they finish 13th nothing to celebrate but it's hopefully a start looking back at the predictions I've just got them up there we both predicted Sheffield United <laughs> to get relegated I also looking back <laughs> I said I was excited to see Rolando Owens get a second chance oh, third no. chance or however many chances it is now I've <laughs> said that a few times as well yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah um, I look forward to next season's predictions to see how wrong we both are Um, overall then team performance for the season you know I think in terms of going on a a winning runs they didn't really do that enough I think they won maybe two the most they won in a row was two didn't win three in a row and if you're going to get up the league it's all about consistency and it's all about putting them runs together Um, but we had some good moments and we'll get onto the moments of the season and the games of the season later on but yeah. overall your general opinion of how the team did how the squad did in the 2019-20 season yeah I think it's um, it's been interesting really. I think if you if you look at the season since February when he changed the system and it's quite telling that the guys he's relied on have been that core who, who got the team promoted uh, 2017 so LaSalle Shelby Richie Gale uh, Hayden, they've remained the key players. So I think that says as much about how important they are and how they've continued to prove themselves and continue to be such a part of the club. Also, maybe it says, well, have some of the new signings maybe not been hit the ground as, as we would have hoped. So obviously, look at Joe Linton, uh, Emil Kraft, has he really improved that department for Newcastle? Um, Look at the, the loanies, have all of them been instant improvements on what they had? Um, and I think the, the season in general, yeah, as you said, there have been some great moments. It's been a bit up and down at times. I mean, for me, to have only got one point against Norwich, to have only got one point against Watford, who both finished 19th and uh, 20th, that's the thing they really need to improve next season because um, they had some brilliant results against the top teams. As I said, Spurs, Man U, Chelsea, um, you know, picking up points there. Um, I don't think Newcastle, they, they never really have a problem raising their game, but it's almost, you can't bank on those all the time. You really need to be winning those games that they're almost expected to win at home now. I know they've only, only in Vertigo has been back in the Premier League a few years now, but 
it's kind of having that system in place. You hope now that when uh, a team traditionally below them comes to St. James's, the visitors aren't dominating 70% possession like Norwich did and that they can start putting away those teams. Um, but you look at it, the, the end of the season for me is a disappointment. You know, two wins during the restart. There were two really impressive wins, but um, it just petered out. Um, and I think it's, it's just having that consistency, as you say, that they can carry it through the whole season. So on to the transfer of the last season then. And I think for many people, there's only one answer to this question. And I'm assuming you're going to name the same person that I've got on the tip of my tongue. Yeah. No, yeah. Uh, it, it's it's no brainer that Alonso Maxwell, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm sorry I can't be more different. But um, I think out of everyone, he, you've just, you saw very quickly how, how quickly he settled, how... He became the team's talisman. What he can do, he does something different to any other player in that team. And the the thing is, you know, next season he'll only get better. He's only 23, isn't he? And I know teams are cluing up on him uh, on how to try and stop him. But you saw against Bournemouth that even when he had three players around him, he now has the presence of mind to pick out a teammate. And that's the, the next step for him, really, is once he adds that side to his game, you know, turning kind of four goals and three assists into 10 goals and 10 assists. That's, you know, a potential superstar then, you know, and uh, he's, he's been brilliant. I thought Jetro Williams, it's, it's such a shame he got that injury. I think he was really coming on in the winter. He was he was adjusting to that new system, that new role at wing back. Uh, it's a real shame for him. Otherwise, you know, I think it's been... I don't know, it was a separate section, but it's kind of been a much and muchness, you know. Um, as I said, it's... There have been a lot of other signings, but have they really improved them? Um, but I do think certainly some Massman's been that one where you look at if he had cost 40 million as Joe Linton did, you wouldn't think that was overpriced, but he came for what was it like 16 and a half million? It's just a bargain. <laughs> Yeah, no, indeed it is. I mean, that's the next question is the most underwhelming signing. And again, I, I, I'm assuming it's, it's we don't need to guess who you're going to... You don't want to be harsh on Joe Linton, but when you do come in at £40 million, pounds, look, it's, it's never the footballer's fault when the price tag is so high. You know, he doesn't dictate the price tag and it's up to the yeah. club to negotiate. But for £40 million, pounds, you know... It would, I think some would argue he hasn't even shown half of that price tag um, the debut season young lad away from family away from friends he's got to yeah. settle arguably playing in the wrong position as well um, but is he I mean I'm not going to put words in your mouth but is he your <laughs> most underwhelming signing of the season yeah I, 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 I'll, I found kind of Bentaleb pretty underwhelming as well before we get into fees I kind of when he came in I thought we obviously remembered him at Spurs and he can be quite, a, when he's unleashed, he's quite a, you know, an energetic midfielder and I found that one a bit. Sorry, yeah, when, you say, when you say unleashed, are you watching previous highlights on YouTube? Because I think a lot of people would argue, well, is he being unleashed in Newcastle? I hate shit. I no, no, at, at Spurs, yeah. like, it, oh, yeah, okay. yeah, exactly. Like, um, I know Tim Sherrill previously said, like, He's one of those players who likes to do, who always wants to do too much. And I think what's happened maybe is he's been given quite a, a fixed role at Newcastle, you know, sit in with Shelby and, you know, you don't really see him get forward and 
you know, it, it was a tough, tough one for him because he barely played for Schalke for such a long time. He comes in the intensity of the Premier League, then the season stops just as he's kind of getting a run of games, and then he has to go again. And he's he's the one where I've looked at. I'm like, what what has really changed in that position? You know, you know what Hayden gives you, you know what Shelby gives you, you know what Matty Longstaff gives you, but that one you know I'm, I was kind of struggling but that's only a loan you know to be fair to him and as a, there's mitigation and a little bit of mitigation anyway in that he's had so little game time but Joe Linton yeah I think um, it's it's one where we naturally expected more uh, in so many ways you know you lose Rondon the club making that decision not to extend that club's player of the year and you're thinking right this is the only kind of forward they've really brought in alongside Sam Maximin, who's, who's more of a winger. So the burden naturally fell to him, rightly or wrongly, he gets the number nine shirt. And it's just, it, it, it's, it's, it's as you said, that yeah, he, when he's played kind of in more of a, on the left and that he, he's been tidy and what have you, but you can get a player like that for 10 million in the championship. We want to see going forward the reason why he, um, they wanted him for so long, forget the price tag, why were Newcastle tracking this guy for, you know, the guts of a year before they actually signed him? Why were they prepared to pay the 40 million in one, one hit? You know, why Why was there this, this in, amazing argument from Ashley that he was putting 20 million of his own money if Benitez wasn't set on 40 million, you know? So I... As I said before, I think Joe Linden, we've, we've seen he's definitely, uh, he's got something, but it's like you have him as a player going in when your other pieces are in place. And it's it's just whether um, that environment is there for him next season where he can have that fixed position, where he can, he can be that supplement to what they already have. Um, I don't think he he should be tasked with um, being that main number nine. Um, I think this season has taught us that probably. Um, certainly now, I know he's still gonna he's still gonna develop, but they need a number nine to go in along with Gale and then have Joe Linton in a supporting role. I guess the issue is there we're talking about him being best in a wider position. Yeah. And you look at it and you think, well, where does he fit in? Because you you have Alan St. Maxim, you have Almiron, you know, playing behind the striker, which looks like if Dwight Gale stays fit, we know Steve Bruce is a huge fan of Dwight Gale and Dwight Gale has scored the goals in recent weeks. You would assume if they don't go out and and, and get a big name striker, or maybe even if they do, Steve Bruce might still start with Dwight Gale next season to begin with. And then you have, like we say, Almiron and Samaki yeah. behind. And then you're looking at the bench and you've got 40 million pounds Joe Linton on the bench because he doesn't fit into, he's, you know, he's not going to kick out St. Maxman, he's not going to kick out Almiron. So where does he fit in? Yes, that's it. There's, there's really just that one position on the wing. And I mean, I think he's he's looked fairly comfortable playing on the wing. But as I said, you can get a hard work in team player for a fraction of that price. You know, the, it's, it's what, it's having a system in place that gets the most out of him you know and I think with Joe Linton as much as he's, he's obviously worked on his hold up play he's he's at his best when he's running into space and he's linking things and you've actually seen elements of that during the restart um, and I mean sometimes it gets overblown because 
naturally people want to look for positives in his play but I think he, he definitely has something to give it's just how is the system going to work with it yeah because as you said it can probably be that he'd be the third one you know that Almiron and Sam Axman have to play in those two positions you know Sam Axman in the left been been brilliant and, and then Almiron through the middle you, you're not going to move him out there so it's how he fits in there and um, it's it's a big big dilemma I think for, for Bruce going forward just on Bentaleb there's a suggestion that Steve Bruce is still quite keen to, to maybe sign him up um, and based on the performances you know that he's you know, that he's put in I mean he's going to be he'll come in on a high wage there's talk of him potentially being the second third highest earner if he does get a deal at Newcastle plus other what is it be 8 to 12 million pounds probably on a you know the, the permanent transfer fee yeah would you support Ben Alab arriving on a permanent deal personally no but uh, it was already a, a complicated market this this is the thing with Newcastle you see because of all these um, other factors now with, with coronavirus and um, the takeover uncertainty and why Mike Ashley will put any more of his money in when he's agreed to sell the club are you going to find another centre mid around for eight and a half million at the moment and who's already knows what the club's about who already knows the team you could almost see them thinking well that will only be a fraction of our budget uh, it brings in a centre mid which they're going to need anyway regardless of what happens with Matty Longstaff you wouldn't rule it out uh, I, I couldn't see the reason to do it but Bruce seems seems quite a fan of him and um, I don't think you can rule it out at the moment you know I think I'll in some ways more likely than Lazaro, you know, uh, because he's, he's that bit cheaper and he's got Premier League experience. Um, and, and feasibly, they could get another loan and, you know, I, I, don't, I don't see him playing for Schalke again. So the two clubs could come to another agreement where he's, he's just loaned again for another year. Um, but, yeah, I think a, a lot of the fans, you know, he's had a run of games and... You haven't really seen him push on or or offer that idea um, of what he brings. Yeah, uh, yeah, I think most people would agree. Um, the best player then for you this season, this, the the, the player of the season. I think I go with uh, Dubravka as a boring choice. Um, just as much as like Rondon's goals were huge last season and getting Newcastle points, I think his saves this season have been been huge. Um, I know it's, it's sometimes telling when a goalie gets this kind of award, but, um, you know, I look at some of the games, particularly on the road against Sheffield United, Wolves, they were really important results. Uh, and he was he was man of the match, arguably, in both of those. Um, and I know he makes the odd mistake like most keepers, but if you look how busy he is, I think he made more saves than any other Premier League keeper this season. Uh, you just have to give it to him and... I know some maximum at points has been brilliant, but I think in terms of just like throughout the season, Dubravka is just so important to that team, the amount of pressure they have to sustain. And yeah, uh, I think easy choice for me in the end. Other players who maybe uh, would be chosen by, you know, supporters, you have obviously 
on some maximum uh, Federico Fernandez as well I think yeah. just out. He, I mean I was thinking today actually if Kevin Clark hadn't got injured oh yeah he'd, he'd had a, a really good season up to that point um, you've mentioned John Joe Shelby arguably having one of his better seasons at Newcastle United Almiron latter half of the season you could argue um, so you know there's a, there's a few players who stand out we'll just concentrate on Federico Fernandez. obviously he's signed an extension he's helped Almiron settle he's one of the older members of the dressing room um, and he, he just brings that experience off the pitch as well as on it and he's he's a vital part of that dressing room isn't he? Yeah, no, absolutely, and I think it's it's telling how uh, heavily he featured over the the restart as well, and it's it's kind of one of those where the, the back four it was such a a big deal, wasn't it, when when he should switch back to to a four man defence in February, and probably why it's held up is that uh, Lascelles and Fernandez have such a good understanding; they're both, you know generally defence first defenders certainly Bruce has wanted them to be like that and um, the reason as much as the going forward the new system's kind of helped I think at the back I, I had a fear that you know it might crumble a bit I know they have lost a lot of games heavily but in that initial shift it, it did work and, and Fernandez has, has been really really solid really consistent throughout the campaign um, and he is one of those many leaders they have in the, in the dressing room. So um, I, I'd be I'd be surprised. I mean, they've, they've got so many centre halves, but you'd be very surprised if he's not starting the first game of the new season because um, he's he's just since he got back in the team. Because it's funny you forget that he wasn't in the team at the start of the season. It was kind of like a reverse of the previous season because the previous season under Benitez he started really well and then he he came out of the team. I think he might have got injured. Um, and then he couldn't really get back in and then this season he didn't start in the team and then got back in the team and, and just stayed in it and that, that's credit to him yeah he's been, he's been brilliant it is indeed on to then the player who let's say needs to improve next season because we don't want to throw anyone under the bus we've talked about underwhelming signings but we're going to open it up to the whole team um for me Fabian shared so I don't know what has gone on but he's he, the the yeah the change in form and you know this time last year we were singing the praises of him um, you know he'd scored some absolute wonder goals hadn't he and especially the last few weeks and I know lockdown's been strange and the restarts obviously had an effect on players it, it, of course it would it's affected everybody but he's just looked half the player that he was this time last year's concentration we always knew he had a, had that in him where there was that lapse of concentration but he kind of would always paint over that with something special, a decent performance, or it would be one mistake and the rest of the game would be all right. But it, the mistakes have seemed to have become um, a larger part of his game. I mean, you know, against Spurs, he didn't have the best of games against in his two City games. You know, yeah. it, it, again, poor performances. Um, for me, I, that, that, that would be my pick for the player who needs to improve. Uh, for you, Kevin, who who gets your, your pick? Yeah, no, I think I'd agree with you. I think it's, um, he was he was so good. Uh, points last season, you know, he won the, the Football Writers Player of the Year up here and um, it was hard to argue with it, you know. I think as, as signings go, he wasn't. Ironically, he was. He wasn't uh, Benitez's first choice when he was going for a centre back uh, last no, two summers ago, wasn't it? Um, 
but for what they paid for him, he was he was an absolutely brilliant signing. And I think it's been there've been a couple of errors throughout the season, but during the the lockdown, he, he's just yeah, like you say, he's not looked the same player. Um, kind of, he's usually you know I look up at the start of the season and in August and September for me, he was one of their their best players in terms of bringing the ball out, kind of taking games by scruff of the neck, even at times. He was he was really, really good. Um, and just since the, the restart, he's obviously been played a lot in centre mid, which isn't his best position. I think he'd say that more than anyone. But Bruce has repeatedly said, well, he's played there for Switzerland, who are, you know, top 10 team in the world. Uh, but playing in the Premier League, particularly against those big teams, Man City, um, Spurs it, it's a real challenge particularly when you're tired you're playing every three days no excuse I know they're, they're paid um, well for it but um, I, he's, he's just not really looked as assured as, as he does even on the ball because I think the problem the problems for him sometimes have been when um, the more the defensive side sometimes it's never been when he's in possession but there have been times uh, during the restart where he has been caught out a bit and a bit too relaxed on the ball and it's cost Newcastle a couple of times so I think that's that's one you, you hope will, will improve next season um, but whether he, he still sees him as a centre half going forward in a back four it doesn't seem he really fancies him there that he He's almost moving him into midfield a bit more now, and I don't know if that ultimately is his best position in the long run. On to the games, and which game stands out for you? You know, it people look at the, the season and, and say it hasn't been the most exciting uh, season to comment on, but there were some fantastic uh, games, entertaining games at, at certain stages of the season. You know, Everton, for instance, I mean, that two minutes it'll go down as one of the most bizarre you know 90 seconds or so um, yeah. in Newcastle's history I mean to be 2-0 down um, I was I watched it back the other day and you've got uh, the BC's Matthew Raysbeck saying at least Newcastle can finish with a corner uh, and then Lejeune gets the first or the, you know the first goal back yeah. from Newcastle and obviously the second comes shortly after and that for me stands out for you which game are you picking is the game of the season I think in terms of a game I enjoyed, I quite enjoyed the the home game against Man City because um, just to see Newcastle come back twice and I know City weren't in the best form at the time, but they you know they defended very well. It was kind of like a complete performance, which is bizarre when you can see two goals. You don't really say that, but um, you know you can remember Dubravka making good saves. You can remember Fernandez making amazing blocks. Shelby popping up with that goal after De Bruyne scores an amazing goal you know it, it had everything an early kickoff it was that one stands out for me um, I you know another game I enjoyed was the the Spurs game I thought they defended so well there uh, that's the start of the season you know great great away following sunny day brilliant stadium that was that was amazing and there have been other games you know I, I think the when they went to West Ham and were, you know, 3-0 up, that could have been a complete performance, but then they let two in later on, they're kind of hanging on. Uh, the Bournemouth away game during the restart, I think that's probably the one time I've maybe relaxed and enjoyed watching Newcastle play because they, they really tore them apart. Um, but for me, in terms of just a game where, you know, just a great game to watch, I, I thought the Man City 2-2 for me. 
I mean, Shelby's goal was yeah, something that's been on the training ground. Um, I, I'm a bit disappointed you didn't mention the Norwich game at St James. <laughs> or Burnley away. That was that was like just before Christmas. I was like, this is the most un-Christmas like postcard image ever. Like rain, sleet, snow, and just long ball, long ball. Oh, it was awful. But yeah, no, I I, I shouldn't pick that Norwich one on reflection. <laughs> <laughs> The moment of the season then, the kind of the one moment that you look back on and think, wow, you know, that was just brilliant. I'm sure many people would pick Isaac Hayden's winner again. Uh, winner. Yeah, it was a winner, wasn't it? Yeah, I got myself confused there. Sorry, yes, winner for a moment there. I thought I was getting the result mixed up. No, winner against Chelsea was, was probably one of the best moments. I mean, you know, that was... St. James's Park at its best and we haven't seen that in a long time but you know the, the passion the celebrations afterwards was fantastic my long staff scoring against Manchester United yeah. another one that probably stands out but for you just that that single moment that you look back on with a bit of a smile uh, I'll probably go with Almiron's goal against Palace um, that was his first goal and that you know that that was kind of what we're in the job for just to see the the relief the joy in the stadium because they'd seen him work so hard for so long to to get that goal to have so many chances and just to see him kind of jump in celebrate with the ball boy all the teammates on top of him and it being a winning goal it was quite an important three points as well because then they went on a run of oof, I don't know did they lose three in a row over Christmas they had a bit of a rocky time but um that that was that was a special moment for me. It, it just felt, you know, that cliche of the the roof coming off the stadium. You, you felt it, you know. It was under the lights, only a few minutes to go, and um, you've seen what it, what it's done for him. He never really let his head go down, but since that goal, he's, he's trying things. You've seen the confidence, and he finished with with a very decent record for the second half of the season. So, um, yeah, I, I agree with you on on the Mali Longstaff one. I mean. That and the, the interview after that game with with his, with Sean, I, I, it was I was a really nice moment. But I, just to be different, because uh, I know everyone will probably go with that one. I'll, I'll go with Almiron. Yeah. The turning point of the season, then, because <laughs> again, it, it, Newcastle look have finished comfortably, um, both relegation zone, but it was topsy turvy. I mean, you know, you had the defeat against Norwich right at the start, and you just thought, okay. oh, no. <laughs> and it could only get better from from there. Um, you know, various points of the season, you've gone, wow, okay, we do, we're not sure which way it's going to go um, yeah. at this stage. For you, what was the turning point of the season where maybe you thought, yeah, Newcastle will be all right now? I'll, I'll turn it on its head and go the other way and say the point where, oh God, this could go one way or the other. And that might have been the Leicester game, which isn't a surprise. Yeah. But, um, you know, as you said, the, the Norwich game um, was only a couple, couple, a few weeks before that. But I remember Bruce coming into the press conference after that Leicester game and just being red <laughs> from obviously giving the players <laughs> a good talking to. And, you kind of thought, oh, Jesus, because after the Norwich game, I remember him in quiet corner saying, you know, he couldn't forgive players for not putting their boots on. He thought, bloody hell, after your second game, you're saying that. And then to know that he obviously gave them uh, some some stern words after the Leicester game, after seeing them again kind of just drop their heads and, and really feel sorry for themselves. It's not something you associate with this Newcastle group. That's why it was very worrying. Um, and then 
you know, they have a, a silent flight home from Leicester and a week later then you have one of the highs of the season. They they make a few changes, the system changes, um, and they beat Man U. And I know they've kind of been win one, lose one, win one, lose one for a lot of the season, but I think had they lost that game, you just wonder with it. <sighs> Would things have changed a bit um, after the Leicester defeat and the Norwich defeat come quite soon together? So I think that was that was a huge moment. You know how the team bounced back after Leicester, and you know you saw kind of that November December period where they they picked up a lot of wins, really important wins against Bournemouth, Southampton, uh, Palace, just where they kind of show that spirit that they proved they very much still had. Because I think a lot of people were thinking what's going on here after that Leicester game because as I said it's such a spirited strong group and you're thinking how is this happening I know they went down to 10 men but uh, it, it was it was awful you know uh, been some awful games but yeah I was I was definitely off their reign as well putting on the question then Kieran your biggest frustration of the season oh uh, I won't mention VAR because that's just so boring. We're all sick of it. If you were Bournemouth, I'm sorry to go off on a tangent, yeah. but if you were Bournemouth, <laughs> you'd be absolutely fizzing right now. I mean, yeah. I know people are laughing about it on social media. They're all threatening to get a lawsuit under uh, underway. Yeah. But I tell you what, I'd fully back that. I mean, this is Newcastle United. They've been relegated uh, on on goal difference, is it? Yeah, or by a point, whatever it is, and it's down yeah. to a VAR. <laughs> Goodness me. Sorry, no, anyway. No. <laughs> I think, um, I mean, probably doesn't come as a surprise, but probably just the, the uncertainty. Um, and I, I I mean that in a few ways. I think at the start of the season, we all remember the Lee Charlie program notes where he's talking about more open communication and kind of hearing from, from more people and kind of, you know, front foot football and these kind of promises and, obviously never happened and I think it's just rolled into different things you know it's just been an uncertain cloud you've obviously had the the understandable feeling of a lot of fans who walked away um, who felt they they can't come back as long as current owners there you've had the, the season tickets half season tickets given away I just feel you know the way this season's kind of petered out and the way you've had this takeover cloud hanging over them now for a few months is kind of just just been like the, the the fitting end to you know at times off the field it's it's just never felt it's just Bruce has done well I think to to not let it affect the team and to affect himself the more questions he has to field on it but it's just been really just uncertain and um, that that for me is frustrating you know you just wish for Newcastle Ashley's agreed to sell he's done his bit um, you just wish that some things could be straightforward when it comes to a new owner potentially coming in and, and just giving the fans that ambition and hope that they need again. And that for me has been the biggest frustration. I know you can think, you know, you can mention, oh, oh I wish he played this system earlier or I wish he made this sub. But I think in the actual grander picture, this, this is a big story. As, as we know, we don't need reminding of. And, I think that's just been frustration for me that it, it's just not been straightforward um, off the field. And that leads us nicely into the final question, which yeah. what next? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, I don't think anyone truly knows, to be honest, what happens next. And it's, it's as I said, it's frustrating because a year ago, everything was so uncertain. You had 
Benitez obviously going if Bruce just parachuted in and it was hard to feel but this was going to be anything but a, a roller coaster of a season and, and you're kind of thinking oh, going to another campaign like that is it just going to be a case of Newcastle again doing well to get 13th and I know there's no divine right to stay up in the Premier League but it's just like what what is the point I think even Bruce to some extent would think well what is the point in just striving for that he, he, he more than anyone want to see them kind of go go forward go into the top 10 now and we all know the potential of the club we all know what it could be and um, the only hope is that somehow this summer they can still get some good business done and um, to, to improve that that squad and I, I actually take heart from Bruce saying things like you know he's only going to sign players that will improve the squad because um, that's what Newcastle need they need a Sam Maximum they need an Almiron I don't know how much money they'll have to be able to do that but they, they somehow need to be smart be canny in the loan market things like that and just try and take it forward and hope that if this is to go on that the players continue to be as professional as they have I know the, the end of the season wasn't great but I don't think you can put that down to the uncertainty around the club I think they've done well to cocoon themselves and um, sadly you, you might have to just rely on that again come come uh, September 